Welcome to the Special Delivery Podcast. I am your host, Special. And on this episode, Mo Green joins me to talk about his latest album, Mo Green Rap Superstar. And you already know we talked about everything from the features, the production. We broke down every single track, different lyrics. Plus, we just talked about life and how this project is an accumulation of his life thus far and so much more. So let's get into it. I'm like, how do I even start these shits? Damn it. (laughs) I don't know shit. I'd be hopping in my shit. I don't bite my little uh things about bring yeah. be having them shits. Did you hear that? Yeah, that's how we're starting it. Things about green <laughs> right here on special delivery. I am special here with the man Mo Green. How you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing today? I'm great. I'm so glad to have this conversation. I'm so glad that I'm coming out of like, not retirement, but like, you know, what do they call that? That the polar bears do hibernation coming out of hibernation, (laughs) talking to you about this project. Before we even get into the project, you already know I have to plug the things about green podcast. If people haven't checked it out, they're honestly sleeping one of my favorite podcasts and I say that not as your friend but as a podcast listener like I've said it before I'll say it again your first episode was the absolute best absolutely creative and it just made me laugh <laughs> I was like yeah anybody don't know I just randomly called people in my life and asked them what I should do a podcast about but I didn't tell them they were being recorded <laughs> for a podcast so I just want to get honest reactions like I got called my dad Call my partners in there. Like I just call my cousins. I call everybody. Like, yo, what what should I talk about? You know, and I just let them just run off. So good. What better way to start a podcast? Like the creativity. You know what y'all want to hear? You know what I'm saying? Like that's my thing. Like what do y'all want to hear? Let me <laughs> ask you what should I do? What do the I should do a podcast about knowing my character? We've known each other for some years, and. I feel like you're really starting to show your character. Like, of course, when people see you out and they hang out with you, they see your character. But to have your character, and character is a weird word because it's not like you're playing a character, like your personality come out. I feel like this year has really been the year for that, whether it's the podcast or the episodes that you made to promo this album, like you're really showing the different parts of your personality in I absolutely love it. Has that been like a conscious thing or just, hey, let's do it. Let's go. Remember when Twitter first came out and Fabulous got Twitter and everybody realized Fabulous was hella funny? Mm-hmm. Like that. I've been getting that shit for years. Though. People have been like, bro, your music isn't really reflecting who you are. I mean, it is, but there's different sides to you that you're not really showing. But at the same time, it's like musically, I can't really, I don't want to do like no jokey ass music, but I could show you all the other side different ways you know like my podcast or with doing the, doing the little episodes with my nephew like things like that it makes sense because anybody who knows me know it's weird though my music some niggas would call shit emo i remember people call my shit emo which was hella funny like why should not emo but people just call my shit emo and i'm like well maybe there's something to that where they say comedians are always like not depressed but like going through something they always like make other people laugh to feel better or kind of hide what they really got going on. So I wouldn't say my shit is fully that, but it's a touch of that to where like, I might be stressed out. But it's like if we all kicking it, I'm trying to have the most fun because this is my release right here. But yeah, I think this year I'm like, yo, let me just open the door to who I am. I'm like my problem has never really been actually creating the music, but it's been 
I guess consistency would be the word. Like as far as like just keep coming, 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 coming at people. Consistency is is one word, but you could say you could be consistent every two years. I mean, I guess if you that's your routine. But as far as like quantity, as far as stand people face and stand in the market, that's what I need to work on. Because like I said, the music never really been an issue. Not just on some cocky, arrogant type tip, but it's like. I like my music. I like music I make. People like the music I make. I just don't make a lot of it. And, or I make a lot of it, but I don't give it to people a lot like I should. So that's what I'm working on this year as far as just like standing people's face, whether it's the music, whether it's the skits, whether it's what it podcast, merch, whatever. I just got to stay in the marketplace because you got to stand in people's face or forget about your ass. It's new shit every week. Like mm-hmm. Bustin' Ron dropped the album. I was playing that album that whole week. I ain't played that shit since. It was good. It was good. I'm like, whoa, like, come on, man. Seriously. But it's so cool to see. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, when you were saying the word consistency, it's like, oh, well, it's not like you've disappeared. Like, you're constantly giving people music. But I also get both sides when you're talking about, like, you're putting out smaller projects and, and you're taking your time with them. But it's like... I've heard you say so many times, okay, if you guys want more music, go listen to what I dropped, memorize that shit, really sit with it. So it's like, you've always been consistent and you've also been very conscious of like what you want people to do with your music. It's not throwaway music that you just listen to once. You know what I mean? It's something that you listen to time after time. I purposely give people shorter projects so it could digest you know what I'm saying? I could do like 20 song projects, but like who listen to all 20 of them shits? I'll give you eight to 10 records. Digest these eight to 10. I'll be right back. You know what I'm saying? But I'm giving you a lot in these eight to 10. I'm giving you the highs and lows of what happened since the last time I came and talked to y'all. That's kind of why I made it shorter. I got inspired by that, by this group Atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to Atmosphere, man. I yes. watched the Super Bowl with Ant from Atmosphere in Richmond. One year, which was help wow. the village in Richmond, which is like the hood in Richmond, but Ant who makes all the beats and production for atmosphere. Wait, so how do you watch the Super Bowl with Ant of Atmosphere in Richmond? Like what? So what happened was my partner ID. All right, so ID the man ID. Goodness gracious! Discovered little brother. Uh, he put Mers and Knife Wonder together. He works with Hyro real close. ID is like my mentor, you know, a big brother mentor situation. ID found me when I was just trying to get my shit going. And he was like, yo, I see some potential here. He worked with me. He may help me make become the man I am today. And I still talk to ID, you know what I'm saying, on the regular. I always run everything by ID. He may not be as hands-on as, you know, life takes over. ID got a kid, shot the cane, little daddy cane. ID still works with Hyro. Still tapped in a lot. So everything I do, I still run it by ID still. I won't say the ID stamp, but I will say the ID, you know, thumbs up of approval. I might still tweak at the end, you know what I'm saying? But I have to run it by him first. Like, hey, what you think about this? You know, you should do it like this. All right, cool. I might do it like that or kind of like that. You know what I'm saying? But he met me when I was super young. Shit, well, I, I might have been 20, you know what I'm saying, when I met ID. Till to this day, like, that's my that's my big bro. So, yeah, that's how I met Ant. Back to the concept of the EPs, they do this, like, sad clown, bad summer type EPs. I think I believe that's what it's called. And I bought one from Rasputin, and it was, like, six or seven songs. The cover was fire. Artwork was just, the casing was dope. It was one of them digipacks with, like, the soft paper kind of, like, things. It was just dope. And the music was hella dope, but it was, like, only a few songs. But I could tell they put a lot of effort into the packaging and shit like that. 
you know, Rhyme Sayers does a lot of that kind of shit. I was like, yo, I want to work like this. I want to give people short projects, but like you could tell I gave a lot in this short project. Like, it might not be 20 songs, but I gave you the same effort that you would get out of somebody who put out 20 songs. So that's kind of where I got that from. And like shit, Thriller had like 10 songs on that shit. So, you know, he'll be all right. Exactly. As far as the title, Mo Green Rap Superstar, at what point did that click? Because shout out to Bar for Bar podcast. I was listening to that. And you were talking about how a couple of these songs were from 2014. So back then was the project called Mo Green Rap Superstar? Or is that something new? And when did it click? I appreciate you You said the title, Mo Green Rap Superstar. A lot of people have been calling shit Rap Superstar. No, it's, the title is Mo Green Rap Superstar. That's the title. So it's Mo Green, Mo Green Rap Superstar. No, I had a title. I had a title maybe like a few months to a year ago. I had the title. The title came from this wrestler named Virgil, who used to be like the. You got Midnight Man Teddy Biasi, who's a superstar, literally an iconic wrestler. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people know I love wrestling. My first project, well, my first one that got noticed was Rocky Maivia, which was The Rock's name when he first got into WWF, WWE now, but it's WWF. Fuck that. Then you got. Lionheart, which is Chris Jericho's, who's also another wrestler, Chris Jericho's nickname, Lionheart. So I got that from that, and I kind of always dabbled in the wrestling theme stuff. And I was talking to my homeboy, uh, Emilio Sparks, who does a uh, wrestle rap podcast. I don't know if he still does, but he used to work at Shade 45. He worked at Shade 45. He also does Wale Mania uh, with Wale. Mm-hmm. Um, so he super tapped into that, and he'd been a huge supporter of me from the beginning. You know what I'm saying? He showed a lot of love. So we still stay in touch. And I ran the idea by him. He go, brass tight. And me and ID always connect on wrestling, too. So I, ID might have been the first person to present to me the Virgil thing. Because Virgil, a lot of people don't know, Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, he's like a sidekick, butler-type situation. Virgil now does conventions, wrestling conventions, comic book conventions, things like that. He puts a sign up that says WWE Superstar Ted DiBiase and Virgil, but he rolls the Ted DiBiase part up, so all you see is Virgil WWE Superstar, right? So I'm like, all right, that's a thing. But now he goes to these conventions and people don't really come to his booth. He's still technically a WWE Superstar, that's what they call him, like NBA players, veterans, whatever they call him. Anybody that's in a WWE or WWF, they call him superstars. Superstar, right? So he's still technically a WWF Superstar, but Nobody comes to fuck with his booth, right? And there's a site now called LonelyVirgil.net where somebody documents these these conventions he goes to where he's at the booth by himself and nobody really fucks with him. Now, granted, they're probably taking pictures before the convention starts, you know, things like that, but it looks like it looks away, you know what I'm saying? But he's still a superstar. Regardless of who goes to his booth or not, he's still a superstar. So that was a super inner you know what I'm saying, a uh, super niche callback to, you know, a wrestling reference. If you knew, you knew. If you didn't, you didn't. But an original cover was me as Virgil in that scene. It's a shot, it's an iconic shot where it's Virgil sitting in the booth by itself and nobody's going to him. That was the initial cover of the album. But it just didn't come off as dope, so we ended up remixing it. So... On my Instagram, I'm going to put it up. The actual cover is a, basically a remake of a Virgil WWF trading card. Mm. That's the remix of the cover. So that title came from that. It came from Virgil. Another wrestling callback. Virgil is actually on the intro of the album. That's real Virgil. Like a lot of OG cats are like, Dude, is that Virgil on the album for real? I'm like, that's Virgil, bro. So if you really like a super wrestling nerd. You got Virgil. If you didn't, 
it's just some guy on the intro, but it's cool. You know what I'm saying? That's why I didn't put him like hella on the album, hella through. Just do the intro real quick. And then, you know, for the wrestling nerds and then get to the music. Yeah, we're going to get to Virgil's intro in just a little bit. But that's super interesting. Like the fact that he'll be at these events by himself. And like you said, people are probably taking pictures with him. But for that moment, he looks like he's by himself and to be able to really craft that into what you're doing. And I think that this album is such accumulation of who you are where you've been where you're at now so to think of it that way that the original cover was the play on him sitting in a booth by himself and to think about your first project being I just want to be heard like I just think that those fit each other so well so to have this kind of full circle moment to where it's like nah Mo Green Rap Superstar like I don't know that's just super fascinating to me yeah, and it's kind of like a tongue-in-cheek thing, like, you know, like, call back to what you said before, like, yo, learn my damn verses before you say all this shit. Mogri Rap Superstar is like, yo, I'm a superstar. Appreciate me, bro. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate me. I'm, fuck it, I'm a superstar. Why not? Why I can't call myself a superstar? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, fuck all the accolades and shit like that. And I'm, I, I always say I'm somebody to somebody. Mm-hmm. You may not know me, you may not understand what I got going on, but, hey, I'm somebody to somebody. Somebody like my shit. I'm trying to build that community. You know. No, I mean, I tell you all the time, like every time I play a Grand National video on my Twitch show, people are like, oh my God, Mo Green. Because there's people who have known you for years and years and years, whether it's Don Will or it's Darling Chuck or, you know what I mean? All these people across the country who knows that you've been putting in work. So to see you again, they get excited. So it's like, no, you're definitely somebody, somebody. You're honestly somebody to like, really important people like people who love good music and people are who are really into music so i just have to put that out there and say that people get juice it's a trip though because i'm realizing that now but my issue coming up was always that not really seeing it you know because once you're in it you don't really notice it as much because when things were going on double xl magazine going to south by southwest going to cmj you know all these blogs and stuff i was still working at fedex so that reality check was really like heavy. Since my lifestyle didn't change up, I didn't really notice who I was becoming or who I was. And not to say that on some egotistical, like, yo, lose, use who you, your celebrity, not celebrity, but use your clout. Now they say now, or you who you are, you know, as a leverage, you know, something to build off of or something to milk, milk that in your name. Now nah, it just kind of on a personal note, knowing who you are. Oh, people do like what I'm doing. Maybe I should keep doing it like this. Or maybe I should keep doing it. You don't really see it because you're in it. You're just moving, 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 moving. You look up, you're like, damn. I did a lot of shit, but I'm not driving a Bentley or no shit like that. I'm not on, like, these top lists. So, yeah, I feel like I just didn't notice it because I'm still going to work every day loading the trucks. And I'm not, like, realizing what the hell is really going on with life. You know what I'm saying? I'm not seeing, like, yo, there's more green. Oh, people fuck with you. I mean, I fuck with, like, downwheel, for instance. It's my partner. Like, it's my big bro. Nigga, you're downwill. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you, like, everybody knows downwill. Everybody loves downwill. Like, yo, I always said downwill knows everybody, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, downwill introduced me to some people that changed my life. The people who run two dope boys. I was talking like downwill of my first ever stop by. I just met Don. And no, I think I had met him once he came to San Francisco, but me and Don down there kicking in South by my first stop by. None of my partners with me. I'm by myself, me and Don walking around. And I'm like, yo, I sent myself two dope boys trying to get on two dope boys, bro. And he go, oh, for real? It was the homies. I'm like, for real? Matter of fact, they right there across the street. 
go meet him. And I'm like, oh, for real? And I walked over and met him and shit like that. Like, things like that, yo. Like, people just be super tapped in. But me coming from where I'm coming from, we don't really got that kind of sense of community out here. We do. We building it now. But as far as, like, community, when the industry goes, you know, people who are movers and shakers, a lot of the industry isn't really out here. It's to the point where if you're not really making these quote unquote industry strides or the, you know, these making these certain marks or these publications, these lists, you're not really seeing how far your shit is really going. Now I look back, it's like, damn, I really didn't meet hella cool ass people. I really didn't meet hella people that are in the know. I didn't meet people that meet me hella people that are a part of certain communities and certain what's the word I'm looking for? Certain circles, but I didn't realize it because I was just moving. You know, at the time, just moving, 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 moving. I didn't know. But now I'm kind of looking back like, yo, hold up, bro. Like, <laughs> like I'm kind of dope, bro. I did some dope shit. I am dope. This is the best shit I'm making. And life is, you know, this 2020 has been a crazy, hectic year for everybody in general. We all adjusting. But, like, we making it through. And it's like, yo, I feel like we should have a pat on the back for that shit, for making it through this year and how crazy this year is. So it's like, why not be a superstar? Fuck it. I'm all green rap superstar. Yes, I am. And 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 what? You know what I'm saying? Like, fuck yes. it. Fuck it. I feel like being too humble and hurts you sometimes, man. Like, sometimes you got to, like, pat yourself on the back. Like, you know what? I did that shit. That's tight. Exactly. You know, sometimes you could be too chill where it's just like, ah, all right, whatever, bro. People look over you doing that kind of shit. Yeah, completely. And I think that's such an interesting conversation to have, too, because you think about back then, 2009, 2010, and just, yeah, we had Twitter, but we didn't really have anything else so it was so hard to gauge like who really fucks with you and like what that looked like it's like i can only imagine as a rapper you're like okay the only way i know that people fuck with me is if they're in this room when i'm performing other than that there's no like big group and then even now it's even weird because you have these algorithms so it's like even if people do fuck with you like maybe they don't even see it on their timeline Mm -hmm. but the good thing is is i feel like people are starting to be more okay with being like, oh, no, I'm a fan. And before a lot of that was, oh, I'm too cool to be a fan. But it's like, no, like, I really like this person. I like their music. Like, I'm a fan. Like, it doesn't matter how high up I am or what circle I'm in. Like, I'm a fan. So I think that that's slowly starting to turn around. But yeah, it's it's been hard to gauge and it still is kind of hard to gauge. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. And it's just like, how would you know unless you like filthy rich and shit? You know what I'm saying? Not rapper filthy rich, but I'm just saying like unless you're getting hella paper, how would you know? How how could you gauge your engagement, your love? I don't know. It's a trip. We still figuring this shit out. Every day. Every day we're figuring it out. <laughs> and then I wanted to talk about the cover art, of course, done by Captain Watts. And you had said that it was a play on the WWF cards from the ice cream that ice cream was the best. Man, that's hella good. Like, dude, that cookie that was on that shit, whatever that was, was hella good. I don't know why they discontinued the things. And now they brought them back, but I was watching, like, YouTube videos of people doing reaction videos, and they're like, yeah, it's not the same. And I'm like, why even bring it back if it's not going to be the same? I, I don't know, man. I already brought them back. I got to try it. But that cookie, whatever cookie they had on that shit, yes. hella good. I don't know what the fuck that was. I need to find a like look up a recipe how to copy that cookie. Hella good. Like, oh, man. I've never seen no other ice cream sandwich like that since then. It was even it was like a sandwich slash ice cream bar. Like it had the cookie front restaurant on it, but it had the ice cream. Then it had like the 
chocolate on the back. I had a stack made by three inches tall stack of cars. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? My mom washed my pants with the cards in them. And no. Cards, I was, I could have cried that day. I was hurt. I was hurt. My mom's did me dirty. Like, man, you didn't take my pockets for you washing clothes, but, but, you know, it is what it is. Goodness. I, was, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to working with Captain Watts, how did you find him and what was the conversation like when it came to making the cover art? I found him through, matter of fact, a new friend of mine, a uh, rapper named Manny Vent. Manny space Vent. Manny Vent from San Francisco. Funny, we got a lot of mutual friends we didn't know we had, but my boy D.E.O. told me about Main Event. Me and Main Event chopped it up, got cool. We did a song together, and I saw his cover for his project called Live from the Cow Palace because a lot of wrestling events used to happen at the Cow Palace. He had a wrestling theme shit, too. I'm like, oh, shit, that's tight. One day we were talking about how my cover was supposed to get done, and then like I actually had a couple other people supposed to do the covers. And sh- they catted on me and shit, and I was like, dude, I'm stressed. I'm trying to get this cover done. He go, well, how am my guy? He's pretty good. He's efficient. He's quick. I'm like, all right, cool. So I reached out to Captain Watts. Shout out to him, man. I put him through the ringer. I'm not going to lie. We went through hella fucking covers for this. <laughs> went through hella covers for this project. And I took care of him. We know it's good. We good. But we do a million covers for this thing. Y'all going to see the covers eventually. We're going to put them out a certain kind of way. You know what I'm saying? We worked on them. But yeah, you're going to see the process. Um, shout out to him, man. He's super, as I say, he's super patient with me. I'm not a demanding kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? But I know what I like, and if it, if it's working, it's working. If it's not, it's like, ah, I got to let you know if it ain't working. And not, I'm not saying it's not dope, but it's not what I'm going for. The producer sent me beats. You know, the beat is tight, but it's not what I'm going for. It's not for me. Over time, you realize that shit, because when you're younger, you're like, oh, give me that beat. Give me that beat. Give me that beat. You end up hoarding beats, and it's like you have a million beats you never hopped on. You got to realize that what's for you, what's not for you. No, that's such an important conversation, too, because when you're younger, you're either hoarding beats because you just want everything. But when you're younger, sometimes you don't know how to say no to people and to be like, eh, well, actually, I want it like this or this is what I was thinking. Like coming to a place where you can have those conversations is so important in life. You know what I mean? Regardless of creative. So to be able to bring that into the creative is so, so important because people have to learn what's for them, what's not for them. Being able to say like, hey, this works, this doesn't work. Actually do it like this. There's so much power in being able to know what you want and be able to articulate it. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It's like not being offensive saying it's not what you're going for. He does great work. So it's like anything he does is going to be dope. It's just like, damn, does it fit the music? Then I actually sent him the album He's like, you know what? This don't fit the music. Mm. I have something for this. And then, boom, he came with what we got. And I'm like, perfect. I didn't send him the music before. That was on my bad. But I'm trying to keep so, so much stuff private to myself. It's like, I can't really send it to you until it's done, done. And it's like, I'm like, you know, here, let me see you a link, an early project. Let me know what you think. He's like, okay, I got it right now. And then, boom, we got what we got. It's pretty dope. Magical. I love that. Actually, before we hop into the album itself, kind of playing off of the cover art, you've also done not only the episodes, which we talked about earlier, which are hilarious and just perfect representations of you, but you also did kind of like an Instagram. It's not really a campaign, but like on Instagram, you're posting your photos with different artists and different creators in general. When did that kind of click for you? I went through it the whole time. The whole time, I was like, what am I going to do all these pictures? Because I remember talking to Beejus and Anthony Dragons in the chat, and I had sent them all these pictures before. 
they was like, man, what the fuck you know all these pictures, bro? Like, how you got all these pictures? Like, who are you, bro? You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, but I went to hella concerts as a kid. Like, my family used to cater for these concerts, so we used to get backstage, mm-hmm. meet and greets, you know, and take pictures and stuff like that. So I have all these pictures, and it's just like, what am I do with all these pictures, you know? I'm going to save them for my project, Mo Green Rap Superstar. So I had the concept for a while how I was going to roll it out. It just was like, all right, which ones I'm going to use? I still got even more I ain't put out yet. I might take some pictures from my mama house and put them out too. You know what I'm saying? Just like, you know, cross her face out. I did the face cross out thing because it's like I blurred everybody else in the picture out because I'm like, yo, I don't want to run it by y'all before I post it. <laughs> yeah. My cousins was like, why you ain't blur, why you blur my face out? I'm just like, <laughs> it ain't about y'all. You know what I'm saying? It's about me and the, and the artist. Like, I'm crossing my face out. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's the theme I'm going for. So I just got all these pictures laying around. I'm like, yo, Morgan Rap Superstar. How could I kind of joke about me being a superstar? Well, shit. We posted pictures with all these famous ass people. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. people be wondering, like, well, how the fuck you got these pictures? Like, who are you for real, bro? Like, yeah, I'm a superstar, but y'all don't even know who I really am on the inside. It's so perfect. I love it so much. It worked so- out. It worked out. It really did. Now we're just going to hop into the album, go track by track. This is wrestling superstar Virgil or put it this way this is WWF wrestling superstar Virgil and this goes out to Mo Green of course Virgil's intro we talked about it a little bit before and you had talked about the website but at what point were you like oh this should be the intro like at what part did that click I was at work one day and I was talking to my boy Brady shot to Brady with his company ASD I guess he's in a groupie rapping too. He has a group called World Went Crazy. Well, Molly B. Coolin and uh, APB Lim. I bounce a lot of stuff on Brady too, because Brady is one of my homies who's super smart and super musical mind. And I feel like he's not using his shit to his fullest capability. So I was like, yo, bro, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? So I said, yo, I think I'm going to get Virgil for the intro. I'm going to hit Virgil up. And he didn't know who the fuck Virgil was. I explained who Virgil was. And he's like, why don't you just email him? I'm like, all right, email him on his Twitter. We go, why don't you check out Cameo? So I checked out Cameo, and boom, he's on there. I'm like, why the fuck is Virgil on Cameo? Which is, I never thought he would be on that shit, but like, well, all right, whatever, he's on Cameo. He had a brief resurgence over the past few years, you know what I'm saying? Because his character, he's hella out of pocket. So I reached out to him on there and tapped in. Like, oh, shit, I could actually get the real Virgil, who I took the idea from, and it was cool. So, yeah, that's how I got Virgil on in the intro. Shout out to Virgil, holding it down. You know, I kind of gave him a gist of what I wanted him to say. He kind of, you know, gave it back. I had, I had to do a little touch up on the on the intro. He, you know, he's kind of all over the place, but it's still love though. Shout out to Bert. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's good. I had to get the authentic representation. So I started getting cats hitting me really like, yo, was that Virgil in your intro, brother? Was that really Virgil? Like, yeah, I was for y'all. Anybody was asking that, that was for y'all. That was for y'all. Shout out to Dame, the boy Dame, D.O., all y'all cats like D Nas. All y'all dudes really love wrestling. That was for y'all. I love it so much. When I first heard it, though, I thought maybe it was from when you were a kid. Because you, like you were saying, when your mom and your family catered, you met so many people. But then once I listened to it a couple more times, I'm like, no, that's hella recent. Because he's literally saying the name of the album. So I was like, oh, yeah, it's probably Cameo. And I think that's super cool, too. Because not only did you have the idea, but you, you know, with a bunch of different parts of this album you were able to not only have the idea but follow through with it and be able to pay people for things really taking that next step to be like okay i want this to go a certain way so i'm gonna invest in it and for it to come together is just so dope 
this project just came together so smooth. It was hectic. I ain't gonna lie at certain points, but when it started rolling, it just started falling in place. You know what I'm saying? For sure. Then we get to Meadows Drive Part Two. Of course, the original Metals Drive came out in 2017. You had talked to Sean from Bar for Bar talking about how you chose the Anita Baker sample and then gave it to Chris in color. I just love the idea of the rapper picking the sample because I think when we think about sampled beats, like that's something that you're going to write to, you're going to perform to. So to have so much put into it makes a difference. At what point did you know that like, okay, this Anita Baker song that you've probably heard your whole life, at what point was it like, oh no, this is going in a song and it's going to be Meadows Drive Part 2? I have been hearing Anita Baker my whole entire life. I remember riding in my auntie's Avalon, listening to Anita Baker where So I heard this song before, but it popped back up in my mind. I was watching Tyler Perry's Why Did I Get Married? <laughs> I think at the end of the movie, they played this song, and I was like, yo, this, I remember this song. This shit is tight. Bless Anita Baker. I had this in the back of my mind for hella long. I love Anita Baker's voice, her tone, everything. Um, that could, that's a whole other podcast, just gushing over Anita Baker. I always remember her as being a constant in my life. And so I heard this sample. I'm like, yo, Chris, you got to flip this. I kind of touched on the bar for bar. We were really getting these callbacks on this damn interview because i it kind of hit me in the middle like yo this is hella like this project is really tapping into the genesis of who i am mm-hmm. so chris has been doing music for me since 2005 i started rapping for real with chris's cousin Lalo. rest in peace Lalo was killed when he was 18 years old i was actually right down the street with my now wife we was kicking it and it happened right down the street from us like it's so everything is super close to home I remember calling Chris, having to tell him about that shit. So, like, me and Chris been locked in since forever. Chris is my big bro. We rep out crowd, all that shit. I got the idea from Chris. Like, all that came from Chris. Chris, I, I could send him any beat, any sample. He's going to turn that shit into something magical. So, I sent Chris the sample. I'm like, yo, you got to flip this, this part. Go, I got you. He sent it back. I'm like, yo, this got to be Metal's Drive 2. Because the first Metal's Drive is my favorite song. It's in my top three favorite songs I ever did. And i like, yo, this is part two right here. So, Metal Drive 1 is basically a summary of everything we talked about before we start talking about the album, like the beginning of the interview. The beginning of this interview is the basically Metal Drive 1. That's the beginning of this interview. Now, starting from here on is Metal Drive 2, where I'm just kind of discussing, like, everything that has happened in my life that maybe could have went one way, could have went another way, but we here now. You know what I'm saying? I had to call my boy Chuck to get on the intro to this one too because on the first one you remember chuck was locked up i was yelling free chuck for years free chuck free chuck free chuck now the first one he had called me on my birthday i said bro i gotta get you on a song bro so i said do an intro on a song i put a speaker to the microphone he's in the intro he didn't know about metal drive one he didn't know what the fuck was gonna go on so he did it cool but this one like yo chuck you free now and chuck has done the most amazing bounce back i've ever seen chuck has had less time than all of us and has passed everybody up 
You know what I'm saying? Like, Chuck, you've been out for like a year or something, but you already a manager at your job. You got to put up on a brand new Mustang. You got your own apartment and shit. I'm like, bro, you didn't pass us all up, bro. We just now getting this shit just now. Mm-hmm. I'm super proud of that dude, man. That's my brother. I know I've been kicking with Chuck since 10th grade. Like, that's my dog. So I had to get him on the intro to this. He sent me the, uh, you know, the voice memo. We put it on there, hooked it up. It's dope. Meadows Drive 2. You know what I'm saying? And my, it's a lot of people's favorite on this project. A lot of people, it's like a fan favorite, I guess. You know what I'm saying? But Middle Drive 2 is my shit. No, I love it too because as a fan, I have heard you say Free Chuck. You know what I mean? Like you've said it so many times. So I've never met him before. I don't know him, but I feel like I know him through your music. So for that to come in on the second track, you're like, oh shit, Chuck's free? Like I don't even know him, but I'm hella juiced. Like, yeah, <laughs> so like that was a cool thing for us as fans to be like, oh shit, yes. Yeah, like, I've been doing that shit for like nine years and shit. You know what I'm saying? And he finally bounced out and was like, yeah, we back. It's my brother, man. You know, so I'm so glad he's out. People in life, you know, have hiccups and shit like that. Shit happens. That don't mean that's who you are. That's just some shit you did. Obviously, he bounced back and just start killing shit. So shout out to Chuck, man. Metal Drive 2. Video coming soon. We're we working on this video right now. Hey, that makes me so happy. A couple lines I wanted to go over in Metal Drive Part 2. You said, once I release it, I'm at peace. And you kind of touched on that at the beginning of this interview, too. I'd just love for you to elaborate on how making music is therapy for you and what that feels like. Is it once you write it, once you say it, once you release it, like at what point? Because release has a lot of different meanings. So what did that mean to you? With me, it's just like my first project. I just want you to hear my voice. It's like I want people just to hear what I got to say. You know, I keep a lot of stuff in my head. So when I just release it, I'm at peace. I'm enjoying the purge. Like, it just feels good to put this out. Like you said, it's levels, different kind of releases, right? So me putting it down and recording it is one release. And me getting to the people is another release. So it's like, yo, once y'all got it and people are liking it, it's like, cool. Like, I can feel good about what I said now. Now I can feel like a superstar because for so long I didn't. In my personal life and life in general, I've been down, been broke as fuck, like trying to borrow money to buy you know what I'm saying, my lady, a Christmas gift type thing. Life takes you on roller coasters, you know what I'm saying? And you never really feel like who you're supposed to be. But now I'm kind of feeling like, all right, this is who I was supposed to be this whole time. You know, so it's nothing to give it to the people. I think a part of me not giving it to the people was because I didn't feel like I was who I was supposed to be. Now it just feels good to just put it out. You know, I'm at peace now. Just put that stuff out, you know. Not to put you on it, but it's like, yeah, I'm not peace now. Like, I was fucking going crazy and shit. No, I'm just saying, like, it feels good to put this shit out for y'all. You know what I'm saying? When I release it, I'm at peace. I'm enjoying the purge. Hands up on this roller coaster. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why I said the song. Like, we on the roller coaster now, bro. I got you. I'm going to keep coming with this shit. I got you. Don't worry about it. Because people need this shit, man. No, and that's so beautiful to not only feel that, but also, you know, a lot of times in your career, I can imagine you putting something out and being like, oh, okay, now I got to do this. Now I got to do that. And like, you know, whether it's in life or in creating and it's like, no, I put this out. I'm at peace. I feel good about it. Like really basking in that energy is so important because that's honestly what it's all about. You know what I mean? Like we may not have known that years ago, but now we know like putting it out, feeling at peace and feeling good about it is so damn important. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what we all we want is peace, man. End of the day, we just want peace. Ain't about the money, the fame, none of that shit. We just want to chill somewhere. 
You know what I'm saying? Just chill with somebody you like. That's all you want is peace. Seriously. And then another line, this line already stuck out to me. And then when I listened to Bar for Bar, it stuck out even more. You said dreams died off and I'm the last one in the scripture. We've had a lot of conversations on multiple episodes of this podcast about survivor's remorse and what it's like to lose so many people. But that one's interesting even more now because on Bar for Bar, you were talking about when you went to a religious school when you were super young and you were learning about people in the Bible and you were like, yeah, they're cool, but what's the difference between them and me? So then for you to say, I'm the last one in the scripture, I feel like that was such a full circle thing for you. What was it like writing that line? Yeah, exactly. Because I vividly remember this shit. Like I'm looking up at the sky like, yo. What is the difference between me and Moses, blood? Like, you know what I'm saying? Not granted, he done hell, he did hell shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, but it's just like, what is the difference between me and Moses? Why I can't do something great too? Why can't people talk about me forever too? Why I can't be in the Bible too? Like, I mean, I can't be in the actual Bible, but you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Why can't be etched in stone? Also, it doesn't make sense to me. Why are they chosen and we not chosen no more? You know, that really tripped me out. And also, that tied into. In this rap shit, like, I came up with so many different people, right? I was in GMG, which is me and Lalo, uh, me, Lake, Chuck, my boy Joey, which is Lil Joey's dad, Tay. You know, these all cats y'all probably don't know. It was a cold crew. And then when we kind of fell out, then I go to Rap Shack, you know what I'm saying, with Justin Case. Y'all know Justin Case. Dub is gone. Hey, go by Dub is gone now. J-Dub, um, Weez, Junko, Shorty, like all, them, like, all the homies, T.Y., it's a whole nother rap crew, right? Mm-hmm. Then I evolved into who I am now today. And a lot of them cats are not doing music no more. Not saying all of them, a lot of them aren't. Like, you know, Dub is still gas and shit. Like, it's certain cats who are still out here killing shit on the, in their own respective worlds. But life takes effect and you have a lot of shit going on. Oh, Trill, shout out to Trill. That's how I met Trill through Rap Shack. You know what I'm saying? My boy Trill, he I also out crowd. You know what I'm saying? And life takes effect. People got kids. You know what I'm saying? People got jobs, kids, things, shit like shit happens. But yeah. I'm still pushing this line on wanting to be a rapper. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm still, I'm the last one standing, bro. I can honestly say that. And that's not knocking none of them. With them as my brothers. Like, you know, it's trail working on some new shit. Like, we working on new shit, but I'm never stopped. Mm-hmm. I'm still out here pushing this line. Like, I still got the dream. I still got a childlike dream. I want to do this forever. I want this shit to eventually pay my bills. It's, it's paying some of them, you know what I'm saying? But it's not paying all of them. You know, so I would let us create forever and get paid the creator. So I'm still out here pushing this line. That It never stopped. It never stopped. So we don't keep this shit going. Like, so when I say I'm the last one in the scripture, I'm the last one standing. And I'm not knocking no offense to none of y'all. I love y'all. Y'all my brothers. Like, y'all want to work and do some shit. Let's do it. But I'm still out here. Yeah. I will often go places in the town and in, in the city. Texas and New York. I'm the only one from my whole squad of cats I ever rap with that's out there to the neck. Why y'all ain't out here? That's not resentment. That's not knocking y'all. I'm just asking why y'all not out here. Come fuck with me still. I'm still tapped in. I could go in these rooms and it's still good. I'm in Clubhouse. <laughs> For maybe a moderator, I'm bringing my niggas up in the room. You know what I'm saying? Just because I want y'all to be in the room with us. Let's not make it seem like it's some distance shit. You know what I'm saying? We all folks. So that's just the shit I'm on like I never wanted to be on some, I'm above y'all. That's not what it is. It's just, I'm the last one. I'm still pushing the line. I still want this to be my shit. And I still have this dream in my head. And it's going to happen. There's 
just so much to think about. On one hand, you understand why people aren't still rapping and some still are, but it's like dealing with like, why aren't you guys here? I want you guys to be here and I'm, I'm here to bring you up. So it's just, there's so much to unpack with that. Exactly. That's like the whole thing. Like I want y'all to be here, but it's like, I'm gonna still keep going regardless. And it's love regardless. Y'all, whenever y'all meet me, meet me. It's good. We can all eat together, but it's just like, imagine how people, maybe me people was trying to do the shit you doing now that aren't around no more. Remember all them barrier journalists and all that shit that was like around at that time? Like everybody had a camera, everybody trying to do some shit. They not here no more. You still here. You know what I'm saying? Imagine all the people that you met on the come up that are not here no more. That bittersweet feeling of like, damn, like I'm glad I'm still doing it, but I'm sad my friends aren't here, you know? Exactly. It's like, I wish y'all was here, but it's like, I mean, I got to be cool with y'all not being here. Yep. You're not here. But y'all should be here, but I'm the last one standing because I want it that bad. Yes. Then we get into my personal favorite, Need Your Love featuring D Bledsoe, produced by DJ Flo. Uh, yeah. Yeah, on a stakeout, watching juice outside of OJ's house. Life after doing it big, no way out. Wolves lurking down under, they stripping niggas with thunder. Don't want the lightning to flash, your daddy watching the bag. Stay in power, no turnover. Any ball drop was in the past. Hard to sleep, knife in his back, they did him bad. Life is unforgiving, shit ain't clicking. I'm on a mission, I'm in Arizona missing. I love it because it's... One of my favorite samples, and you guys absolutely killed it. Your verses are so, so good. I know it from the Kid Cudi song, The End, and the sample is actually called I Need Your Love. What was it like when DJ Flo sent it to you, and was that the title that he sent it to you? That was actually the title. I've been talking, I'm trying to go through my email, right, and trying to find out when he first sent me that record. Mm-hmm. He sent me in February? He sent me in February. Me and Flo go back. Like, Flo's my dog. Me and Flo go back to Lionheart. When he sent me this joint, I did my verse in the little, like, bridge, hook, part, whatever on it. And that was it. And I was like, man, this song is missing something. And mind you, like I said before, I'm used to working by myself in my room. If I'm in the studio with you, we do a song, cool, that's the song. But if I'm by myself in my room, I never really send stuff out. One, because I'm usually like, oh, this song is cool how it is. Another part of it is, like... I sent stuff out before and it never got back. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'm cool off that that part. Then I tried to reach out and it's not working. But when I did this one, I'm like, yo, I was missing something. I need another verse on there. And me and DB have been working so much around that time. I'm on like two joints on this album. We've been working a lot of Grand National stuff at that time. So me and DB had kind of linked back up and we never really did no songs together. I've known DB for years. We never really did no songs together. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yo, I sent this to him. I'm like, yo, bro, you think you could do something for this? He goes, oh, I got you. Don't worry about it. Instantly, I got an hour later, he said, My verse is done. I'm like, All right, cool, bro. So, we can go in the lab when I get my shit mixed. You come here and just knock it out. He came in here and just killed that shit. Like, thinking like the second take, he bodied that shit. So, I'm like, Yo, thank you, DB, for coming through killing that shit. Like I said, I don't really collaborate hella much on the rapper and rapper in producer and singer for sure. But as far as getting another rapper on there, it's rare I really just reach out like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, DB, come on, man. Like, how you not put him on your shit? DB's on a tear right now, blood. You know what I mean? So it's like, what you gonna do? Shout out to DB, man. He murdered it. 
Seriously. Definitely my favorite. Then we get into track number four, Stone Feet, featuring Droopy, produced by Drums and Ammo. Yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. I'm up late thinking how to show the world I'm great. Feel at home but still long for the escape. Yeah. Try to run the track and I'ma run through the tape. Gentlemen and a scholar while everything that you holler ate. Face in the wall you can't walk through. Then turn to a girl you can't talk to. This the life when you try and do it by the book. Plenty peers ain't still here but had the heart it took. Champion sound, champion flow. Champion all the trash till destiny tell them no. When he produces, is it called produced by drums and ammo or is it just produced by ammo or how do I say that? It's DJ Ambush, aka Ambada, aka Drums and Ammo. I don't really know how to just say it. Like, you know, <laughs> I know my DJ Ambush, but Ambush always changes his name. Ambada. He go by Ambada sometimes. He raps too, so he'll change his name while he's rapping and shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? So yes. he's my big bro, but shout out to him. Like, we had that song done for a while. Like 2014, I think the first time we did that song, I actually revamped and re- redid my verses on it. You know what I'm saying? I rewrote them, but I re-relayed them. Changed a couple words here and there, make them sound a little better. Mm-hmm. But the original concept of that song was done in 2014. And I actually wrote the whole song. I had the hook done. I was like, damn, I want to change up the pace of this shit, though, because it's a lot of rapping. So I hit Droop like, yo, Droop, can you just do this hook for me, bro? I wrote the hook, just relay it for me. He's like, I got you. He sent that shit right back like the next day. It came out dope, bro. I'm, I'm, I had this shit in the email for so long. I'm like, yo, this song is so tight. And it's a trip, though. People be like, yo, it's the Griselda sound. You guys got the Griselda shit. Nigga, I did this in 2014. Yeah. Before I even heard them cats. Mind you, I'm a huge fan of them dudes. But it's like, yo, we doing the same shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I've been doing that. A lot of cats is doing that sound now. I've never stopped doing that. That's been my thing. So... Droop came in there and killed it with his tone and everything. Like I said, ambush on the beat, on the loop. It's just something different. Like, that's one of my favorite joints on there, on that record, for sure. That's so dope. Yeah, I had to ask, because I'm just really into making sure that people's names are pronounced correctly. So I'm like, wait, what's the right AKA? So thank you for breaking that down. I put Ambada on all my stuff just because that's what he's been calling himself recently. I hit him like, yo, ambush. Like, what do you want to put Ambada? Hey, either, either way is fine. It's me. You know what I'm saying? Like, all right, cool. So drums and ammo, ambada, ambush, like whatever you want to call them, it's us all him. All of it. And this track is super cool too, because like I learned on Bar for Bar, Droopy was like your first friend from preschool. And I just think that's so cool to have him on this album because we're talking about how this album is such a culmination of your music and your life and your journey. So to have him on there is just so perfect. It's funny he's texting me right now, which is hella funny. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like my that's my brother, man. Like since the first day of preschool, we've been tight. Me hearing him rap on in a major way made me want to rap for real. He always loved music. Even like that age, we was in kindergarten or some shit. And he rapped on that shit. I'm like, yo, I could do it too then. You know what I'm saying? We had a little rap group at, the, at that age. Things like that. So just tying in to me, like I said, Chris was the beginning of my real rap journey as far as taking this shit hella serious. Droop is the beginning of my journey as far as being who I am in real life. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's my first friend ever in life. Then to be able to do a song together. We got other records. He produced a record on Rocky Maivia. Mm-hmm. He wasn't on a record. You know what I'm saying? Now it's cool. It's both on a record. You know, things like that. We actually got something. We could be like, yeah, we did this song together. Little known fact, I was supposed to be on a, He had a song with Kendrick Lamar called Rossi Wine. 
I was supposed to be on a remix. Me, me, him, Kendrick, and Schoolboy Q would never got done. Though. Wow. I, don't know. I wish it would have got done. They ought to have been on. I might have been on by now. <laughs> uh, I mean, if the people don't know, you open for Kendrick and everything. Like, it's out there. It happened. It happened. It happened. One of the lines that sticks out the most to me in that one was, y'all never going to urkel me, which I think can have a lot of different meanings. You know, you think about like Urkel saying, did I do that? You think about Urkel just becoming a fucking empire. You think about, you know, when he was Stefan versus when he was Urkel. What does that line mean to you? Did y'all remember, what was that? I think it was the uh, hood, the remix, the Gorilla Zoe remix where Young Gigi said, I never let a uh, chick little bow. Little bow. Yes. So it was like, it was kind of a sense of that. Like, y'all never going to Urkel me like. Y'all not gonna try to punk me like you know what I'm saying like I'm just a nerd or some square dude like y'all not gonna play me to the side because you got people Urkel they always play Urkel to the side even though he's like the smartest motherfucker in the world like to them mm-hmm. in, their, in their world he was a, he's a fucking genius I think he made a transformation chamber and as as great as he was they still played him to the side I got the ideas I got the brains I got this bro I got this but y'all still playing Urkel to the side y'all never gonna Urkel me shout to Jaleel White you know what I'm saying holding it down. That's where that came from. It kind of like a mix of the, the Gigi line mixed with like yo actual Urkel. I could have said y'all never gonna bow while me or something. Like, y'all never gonna Urkel me. Like y'all not gonna play me to the side. Like I'm just a super nerd. And then everyone being a nerd, I'm just saying when I say nerd, I mean like cast playing to the side, underestimate you type thing. We really got all the capabilities in the world. I've been watching older episodes of Family Matters just because it's on Hulu. It's just so interesting how. They just hated him so much. But then towards the end, it's like, oh, no, he, you know, he's great. And, and Laura's with him. So, yeah, no, he definitely got played to the side. I shit on for like 10 years. And now it's like, oh, Laura marries him and shit. Like, what? Yeah. That finds a real ass person at this point. Like, he's a, a real human. They did some weird ass genetic spice and shit made him a real ass human. So like, you couldn't really fuck with, with Stefan. But now you, you still want to fuck with Urkel. But you were shitting on him since he was a kid. Like, come on. I don't know. It is what it is. It's a mess. <laughs> Good line. <laughs> Good line. <Yeah. laughs> uh, this one's interesting. Track five, Next Gen, featuring Lil Joey, produced by DJ Bossa. I got next. You should know that. Yeah. I call limit. She keep asking with a fro at. No. Had to change it up and get fresh. It's Joey, baby. Winking in my Zoom class. Told her to get focused, baby. Either balling on the books, nothing funny now. My Uncle Chuck home back to the money now. Hoodie season, we been balling all summer. We been winning, so mind your minutes and work on your jumper. Work on it. Living in the world of have and have nots. Every hero need a theme. Every team a mascot. Of course, if you haven't checked out the episodes promoting the album, please go check out those episodes with Lil Joey. They're so hilarious. But it's interesting, too, because you were just talking about Droopy and how hearing Droopy on E-40's album was like, oh, shit, I can do this, too. So for the next track on the album to be with Lil Joey and you having him on there and having him first and really calling the track Next Generation and having your verse talk about, you know, this generation's dope and the next generation's going to be dope, too. I love how that kind of comes full circle, too. When it comes to that track, where did that idea come from? Lil Joy had been on my line for some time now about getting him on the song. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get you on the record. So once I said that, he really got on my line. Like, yo, when am I going to get on the song? So Bossa had just sent me a batch of beats. And I was going through them on the way to Oakland one day. And I was just like, 
the beat came on, I said, yo, this the one. This the one I'm going to get Joey on. So I called him. He came to the house, worked on it for a minute. It was me, Big Joey, and Lil Joey, right? We was over here. We ran through it the first time. He, he got it the first time. It was a trip, though, because it's like you got to think these kids grew up watching so much more. I grew up watching hip-hop a lot, so I kind of knew what I was doing. But he, he had so much more access to certain things. He's 10. Like, at this age, it's like he knows who he is more than I knew who I was at that age. You know what I'm saying? Like, he got it. And I don't know if that's from growing up around us. Why is We're growing up finding out who we are. Because Joey had a little joy when we was, like, 20, 21. He was around with us growing up trying to find who we are, find out who we are. So he ended up evolving to who we are. And he got it. He got the sauce. Like, little joy got it, bro. He did it one time. And it was like, ah, it could have been better. The next time, he just knocked it out, killed it. So what y'all hearing on the record is really technically his second take. Killed it, and the video coming soon too. We shot a video for this, so the yes. video coming soon too. Shout out to Little Joy, man. I love that kid, man. Even two takes is crazy. A lot of people's favorite rappers take way more than two takes, so that is so crazy dope. Oh man! But also, I love the story that you told about how you put him first because you knew he was going to be playing that first friends. So to be so thoughtful in putting him first I thought was just super cool because it's not only cool to listen to it's just very striking you're like wait who is this kid like I want to know more but for him to have him first on the track is super cool too I, I did a song and his pops was like yo you might want to put Joey second but he was kind of gas I'm like no bro Joey gotta go first because he's gonna want to play that for his partners and he not want to skip through my verse start it off do your thing kill it and I'll just come you know finish it up at the end easy to start over when you just playing it your verse you start the verse start over start over start over he can run around back a million times you know what i'm saying for his brothers and sisters everything like that so it's all good little joy you, you set it off it's good so so good and also big shout out to dj bossa just absolutely killing it if you haven't gotten c12 with mo green please go get that and i'm looking forward to more from the both of you because it's some of my favorite stuff we got some shit coming, man. We're going we gonna to flesh that seed out into a full-fledged offering for the people really soon, really soon. Yes. Then we get to track number six, playing featuring Sadiq and A to the K. This one's interesting to me because no offense to you, but the first couple times I listened to it, I barely even heard your verse. Like I was like, oh, he put a track out with just his homies on it. Like, that's cool. And then I listened to it again. I'm like, oh, no, he has a verse. But you really let them run with it. And I think that that's so cool as a creator, but also just confidence wise and knowing that, hey, I'm dope, but my friends are also dope. So I'm just going to let them run with it. What was the thought process in making that song? So another callback would be to A to the K being on this because, all right, as a youngster, A to the K used to sell his records, his, his CDs in front of Rasputin and Vallejo. A lot of people didn't know there was a Rasputin in Vallejo. There was a Rasputin in Vallejo. <laughs> I told my partner, Wiz, like, I didn't know there was a Rasputin in Vallejo. There was a Rasputin in Vallejo. So, A to the used to sell his, his records in front of there. 
fast forward to me reporting Lalo, who I talked about earlier, who's Chris's cousin, A to the K, and Lalo were signed to D Shot's label, Shot Records, at the same time. So I used to go over there and record with Lalo when before I was got better, and Lay used to record me. A to the remember when I was hella weak. So he always reminds me when I was hella weak. Like you know what I'm saying? I was in my crew. There's a crew called a Crazy 88 mob, like Crazy 88 from Kill Bill. He remembered that shit. So he always say, what's up, 88? Like, you know what I'm saying? He remembered when I was weak as fuck, right? He remembered that shit. So it's hella, we can always get a laugh out of that shit. So me getting a titter on this record was, was hella cool for me because, like, that's a reference point to that part of my life where I was just coming up. And a titter was the, the man to me. Like, anything he had cracking was hella dope. a titter is a dope-ass writer, dope-ass rapper. You know what I'm saying? Like, he could go to the moon. And Sadiq on there, Sadiq is my folks. I met Sadiq through my my big bro Wiz, but Sadiq is my bro, man. Like Sadiq showed me love since the first time I met him. He even had a little deal and everything. Like you know what I'm saying? Not a little deal. You know people shit on people. You know, your little, your little kind of no. Mm-hmm. Had a deal on some more shit. Like and was still yo Mo Green. I know about your music. I fuck with you. I'm like yo, how the fuck you know who I am? You know what I'm saying? And I heard his shit. I'm like, yo, Sadiq is crazy. So this beat in particular, Chris made this beat. Once again, Chris, I'm not knocking you, bro, but I picked this sample too. Yes. Chris is my big bro. So I give Chris anything, he's going to turn into magic. I had this beat for like two, three years before I even hopped on it. I had a concept for it. I did something on it, and it was like, ah, it was cool, but it wasn't it. Mm. What I got now is like, all right, I have, I laid my verse, and I said, like, man, I need somebody else on the hook. So I sent it to Sadiq. Sadiq knocked the hook out, killed it. I'm like, I need somebody else on this. Hey, hey, to the, I say, bro, I finally got one for us to get on, bro. Forever, we've been like, yo, we need a record, we need a record, we need a record, we need a record. Hey, to the, you know what I'm saying, is a real player in his lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? So I know hey, to the has some shit to say about this kind of concept about a woman going through something from a different perspective. My perspective is, perspective is more so on some, like, homie, homegirl type situation. Like, yo, yo, you seem to be in love a lot. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. me too, but I'm like, ah, you might be... Whose fault is it for real? You know what I'm saying? Hey, Tilda got a whole different perspective on this shit. You know what I'm saying? So I said, look, let me let you get a piece of the action on this record. So hey, Tilda did it. I sent him that morning. He knocked it out that night. Sent it right back. Nice. That's my big bro. He for sure has looked out for me on a lot of occasions. Gave me a lot of game. Gave me a lot of advice. So it was super dope being able to get him on this record because we go back like that. I remember him on the come up. He remember me on the come up. It's a family affair, you know what I'm saying? So shout out to A to the K, man. I love that so much. And you mentioned it, and I had it in my notes about choosing the sample for Chris. What was it about that sample? When did that click? I'm a huge Jacko fan, right? And I, but it's funny, I can always pick out where he got his samples from. I can always pick them out. I'm like, yo, this is from that. And this is from that. And I used to be at work when I worked at Diamond, and I would play the original sample before I played the Jacka song. And people were like, yo, that's where you got that shit from? I'm like, yeah. How do you know? I'm like, bro, I just know I heard that shit from before, bro. So it's like, with me hearing this record, I was like, yo, Chris, this is a part I want you to take. You can flip this part. And he took it, and then he just made it into something totally different. Because I don't know how to work this shit. Like, I know what I want this shit to sound like, but I don't know how to hop in the program and make it a beat. Like, I know what parts I want to take. I know how I want it to sound, but as far as actually applying it, I could, I could, I could design a house, but I can't, I can't take the hammer and nail and build it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I know I want it to look, but I can't put it together. So I need Chris to help me put it together. 
And that's okay too. That's the conversation that we're having about like, it's important to even know what you want. And then it's even cooler to find people who can execute that. So it, it all works out in the end. It's like, you don't have to know how to do everything. You just have to know what you want and be able to put yourself in a position to create that. So it's dope. Mm -hmm. Then we get to track number seven, Demigod featuring Black Achilles produced by HTK Noe. Since I came out the womb, it's been game time. Cronus behold us, give me game, still trying to make time. Ain't figured out how to make time stretch. Gotta make my mind stretch. Impossible, possible, harder cope, I digress. The abyss. I might just chill for a minute. Red a blue pill, fuck it both, gotta get the feel for a minute. That one, where did that idea come from? Because that's not something you hear every day when someone is rapping and referencing Greek mythology. Shout out to my boy Noe, man. Noe was in the group League 510. Uh, if y'all remember that group, is also an accomplished rapper and artist and singer. He's actually on the first, we're going to get the God voice next, but he's also singing on the first God voice. That's him on the hook singing. He also produced that. It's funny, his name is Calvin Harris. That's his real name. So he, he's, he's go by Cal, uh, know-it-all, Cal to know-it-all. But now he's HGK Noe. That's my brother. Shout out to him. Love that guy, man. Like, super good dude. He had that beat on his IG. And I was like, yo, what is this? And he said, man, I had this beat for years. Nobody wanted to rap on it. They don't know what to do on this shit. And I'm just like, dude, this shit is fire, bro. Send me this beat. Like, people scared to get on this beat. Send me this beat. I'm going to figure something out to it. And it's signs some outer space, galactical type beat. And Greek mythology and, you know, certain deities and all that kind of stuff, astrology and all that stuff is like my thing. Like, I'm not saying I'm super well versed in it, but it fascinates me a lot. Like the stars and how they be like, oh, this is Orion, you know, Orion's belt. They draw it out and it's like, you know, a certain person, a certain character. That kind of stuff boggles my mind, bro. So I'm like, yo, I got into Greek mythology real heavy. You know, it's funny, around the time Kanye put out Power, put that Power video out, and I kind of got into the breakdown of that video and what each thing meant. And there's meanings to all that shit in that video, right? So when you find out about what all that stuff means, you start falling on a rabbit hole of Greek mythology and Roman mythology and stuff like that. Me and Black Achilles, we, we actually went on Grand National Hike. It was me and the whole crew, but me and Achilles was talking. I was like, oh, I got this record, bro. Like, it's hella dope. And I'm talking about some Greek mythology shit on here. I think you need to get on this because your name is fucking Black Achilles, right? Yeah. So I'm like, yo, I feel like you need to hop on this. So he'll send it to me. So I sent it to him. I said, hey, just let you know, it's kind of weird. The beat kind of weird, bro. I he, he did it and he sent it back. He was like, yo, I ain't going to lie, but that shit was kind of weird to write to. I kind of had to like punch in on that shit, you know? <laughs> it was kind of different. Like I know it beat is hella weird. I sent it to HGK Noe and he was like, yo, y'all killed this shit, bro. I'm like, yo, I need a hook. He goes, no, I don't need no hook. The music is the hook. I'm like, all right, are you sure, bro? He's like, no, the music is the hook, bro. That's the hook. I made it like that. And I'm like, all right. He was like, I don't really want to tell y'all, but I did the beat in one third. Usually my beats are in one fourth. He just said one third. Glad he didn't tell me that shit. I would have fucked this shit all the way up trying to rap hella different. <laughs> I'm like, yo, I had to do it how I did it, and it came out dope. It's actually one of my favorite joints on the project. Just because uh, Mike Achilles comes in there and just bodies that shit. I'm like, damn, nigga, you came in there and killed this shit. Like, <laughs> You fell right into this shit. Told me it was hard to write to it. Yeah, all right, bro. You might have had this shit ride this beat. You know what I'm saying? You go crazy over there. It's so good. No, and I love that he said, no, the music is the hook. Because 
sometimes they'll be such good verses and it's like okay the hook is dope too but sometimes the verses are so good that you're like uh we're just gonna let people sit with it for a second let this music be the hook get to the next crazy verse and then just kind of fade it out sometimes it's that much to take in so i think that was a super cool suggestion from him just let it be it made me feel like i'm floating on some like (laughs) through the stars type situation so that's why i was like yo let me get achilles on this because he's a rap machine Yes, yes, floating. I love it. Then we get to the last track, God's Voice Part 2, featuring Oakland Hearts, produced by Evo. Yeah. My life won't stop getting crazy. New chapter the days turn the page turn. Can't run from it, gotta stand in it. Let's see our life panned out in this pandemic. Got a house, got a ring, got a car, new guns. Yeah, you heard right. Made a wife out of my girl. So much death around me, it's about time we brought a life into this world. Scared shitless. What kind of father I'ma be and can I hold it down? These layoffs hit home, so I hit the ground. Is it Evo or is it EVO? It's Evo, I believe. Yo, <laughs> so it's hella funny because it's my partner from like middle school. Another callback, if you will. I always call him E. Me and E played on the um middle school basketball team together. I'm cool with his older brother. His older brother was, you know, taught me a lot of my game. He won a championship as a middle school. He's my folks. You know what I'm saying? He actually did beats for me early on. He kind of disappeared for a minute. And now he's like, I was talking to his brother one day, and his brother was like, yo, he sent me these videos of people rapping over these beats. You know, knowledge does a thing where he takes like people I don't listen to producing their knowledge. He takes like random freestyles from like Meek Mill or whatever and puts his beats behind the freestyles and it kind of puts it out like that. He sent me a few of those. I'm like, yo, who did these beats? He go, he did these beats. I'm like, yo, you fucking lying, bro. I said, man, tell me this beat right here. He sent me that beat. I got in touch with E. I already know what I'm doing. This. It took me two weeks to write this song, though. Like, this song, it took me two weeks to even get into. Wow. I had an idea for this song, but I just couldn't muster the energy or emotional stability to write this record. No, for sure. That makes perfect sense. If if the people have heard it, they already know. There's a large range of emotions on there. And I think part of the production that's so interesting to me is the claps are very noticeable. And to hear you talk about the song and say how it's a family song, because not only are you talking about how you're having a baby, congratulations again, but you also in the second verse, not only talk about the people in your family that you've lost, but you also shout out everybody else in your family and how they're dealing with it. And to me, the claps just come out because I can imagine your family clapping along with it. And I think that that's such a cool thing to hear in the song. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, it came out perfect, man. It was it was meant to be. I think it's one of the meant to be type things. Because like I said, I didn't know he was still making beats. This is my homie. Like, I didn't know he was still making beats. His brother didn't even know he was making beats like that. Randomly send me this back, like, yo. What you think about this? I put up my email that he had this. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. So, like, for me to even write that, the first verse, God's voice one. If y'all go back to my project, the Green EP in 2016, Green EP, and want to tap into that. God's voice one is on there. That killed Thanksgiving. I don't know why my dad wanted to play that for everybody at Thanksgiving one year, but like, not a dry in the house, as they say. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So, fast forward to now. First verse is me talking about what's going on in this pandemic, right? Got a house, got a ring, got a car. So I got a house. I bought a house this year. I got a ring this year, which means I'm wearing my wedding band. I got married this year. Yes. Made a wife out of my girl. And so much death around me, it's about time we brought a life into this world. 
and I'm like scared shitless what kind of father I'm going to be and kind of hold it down. These layoffs hit home, so I hit the ground. Running can't come back home with nothing they need food for their stomach. I have no choice but to succeed at this point because the layoff shit is real. Wifey ain't working right now. The layoffs came through and, and swept everybody. This is a weird wild time. I'm trying to figure out how to hold this shit down to the neck. You know what I'm saying? And not knocking nobody for going through what they're going through because it's just like it's a time we in. The pandemic and things going on, it's like, yo, people have to figure shit out. And I put my shit in the music, like, yo, because I know a lot of y'all going through it, too. And also having a baby right now, it's like, yo, what do I do? I have no choice but to win with this music, it's whatever. Anything I do have to choice but to win because it's not just about me no more. It's bigger than me, and this shit is really, it weighs on me heavy, you know, at times. And But I can't really show that to the fam because you want them to feel secure. I don't really subscribe to like the societal norms or something like your man supposed to do this, women supposed to do this. Like, but at the end of the day, it's kind of what we're dealing with, right? So as a man, we, I can't appear too weak at times. You know, it's, it's a sad thing. I can't really do that because I have to let people know, hey, it's going to be all right. You hold the house down. You got it. Don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. I can't, I can't have y'all panicking. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Day sometimes like, you really do be freaking out. Like, oh, I'm going to make this shit work. You know, so I decided to put that shit in the song, but it also at the same time through the stress is bringing a life into this world. That shit is it's a trip. You know, it's like damn, we really did this. You know, even though you know the child isn't here yet. You know, shot the May. It'll be here in May, uh, twenty twenty one. You know, it's a lot. You know, at one time it's a lot, and then the second verse talking about what I lost. So the beginning of the verse is like what I gained. The second verse is like what well, we lost in this shit. I lost my aunt and I lost my first cousin. Sometimes I miss out on that that I should have took advantage of that I didn't. It's interesting because you were talking about the pressure that you feel, you know, to just carry through and just to make it happen. And that's so interesting to me because the standout line for me was so much weight up on my shoulders, but I'm made for it. And that stuck out to me for two reasons. For one, one of my favorite J. Cole lyrics is weight of the world on your shoulders, but you still lift it. But it's also an important line to me because a lot of people talk about the weight on their shoulders and, oh, my God, it's so heavy. And what do we do with it? And you're like, but I'm made for it. So I think that's such an important declaration. What was it like writing that line? You know, it's funny. You call back to that J. Cole line. Me personally, I call back to or it's an album Dr. Drake put out a couple years ago called Compton. Ivy was slept on that album. I thought album but there's a song called it all falls back on me basically talking about his life and how you know he was the one in his family to succeed and it all falls back on him you know i'm the only one of my fans to succeed but just saying it's that pressure so that was my call back to that line like, so basically you know so much weight up on my shoulders but i'm made for it it was that oh, it all falls back on me it's like hey it falls back on me but it is what it is and then when it comes to the hook of course oakland hearts but I'm like, both of you are such good songwriters. Can we talk about who wrote the hook? Oh, he wrote that hook. Cause oh, okay. the, the first God's voice, I, I ain't gonna lie, I wrote the hook on the first one. But this one, I had it and I was like, look, man, usually I would send a reference or something like that. He's such a great writer. I said, look, I'm gonna let you just have that, bro. You know what I'm saying? Not to knock my way, no, on the first one, but I just had the idea on the first one. This one, I was like, yo, look. Elijah, I'm gonna call, I'm calling nigga Oakland Hearts. Like, <laughs> yo, Elijah, blood. I got this record. And it's about this. I told him what it's about. I said, yo, can you, you know what I'm saying? Bless this record. I sent it to him. 
He sent that back to me. I was like, this is exactly what I was looking for. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't write. That's all him. He understood. We talked we talked on the phone for like an hour and a half before I even sent him the record. You know what I'm saying? We just chopped it up. And it's just like, yeah, this is what it's about. He sent that back. I was like, dude, thank you. Like, shout out to SK, by the way, at Slapwagon for mixing and mastering this whole project. You no, know, I feel like the engineers don't get enough love. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, he made this record sound amazing. Yes, yeah, super shout out to SK. No, I had to ask who wrote it because the hook is so perfect. And to know that he wrote it is not only a tribute to how talented he is as a songwriter, but it also is such a tribute to how connected you guys are and how he's able to just go in and do that hook after just a conversation and just completely tie the project together so beautifully. Yeah, definitely. I didn't even lay the verses yet. Like I just told him about the song. Like, yo, I got this song I want to do. It's the concept for it. And he'll send it to me. I'm like, yo, this thing, I didn't lay my verses yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I, didn't lay my verses yet. I know how I wanted to do. I just couldn't muster up the energy. Even my wife was like, yo, aren't you supposed to record that song today? I'm like, I can't do it. That was a whole day I was supposed to record it. I was like, I can't do it. I still cry to my listen to this damn song. It still messes with me so much. I think about my cousin and my auntie. It's just like, you know, people lose family members who are distant relatives. Like, oh, you know, your cousin... In whatever wherever place passed away, like damn, that's messed up. Like I don't really know them like that. These are people who have been constants in my life since the day I was born. I used to work with, work with my aunt every day. I used to talk to my aunt all the time. I used to talk to my cousin all the time. So it's like y'all are just gone now. It don't seem fair, and it, and it hurts even worse every day. Like even early before we got on this, I was doing an interview with my boy Chris Riggins, who's an amazing comedian. Me and Chris was talking. He asked me about this song. I was like, that's my cousin. I told him my cousin was. He go, whoa, that's your cousin? Mm-hmm. That was my dog, bro. That's my partner. Like, I didn't know that was your cousin. I'm like, what's a trip? Like, dude, I've known you for all these years, and you never knew that was my cousin. And vice versa. He didn't know, you know, he didn't know I was his cousin. He's like, dude, I got that message in the middle of a show, and I almost couldn't finish my show. I heard about your cousin. I'm like, dude, that's my first cousin. That's my dad's sister's son. I'm still trying to figure out what, what this all really means, but... As I'm figuring it out, I will put it down in the song and hopefully we can all figure this out together. And that's definitely what you've been doing. Like I referenced it before, you know, these conversations that we've had on multiple podcasts just about what does it mean to keep going when people die and what does that mean? And I think you're constantly learning and constantly unpacking and figuring out what it means, but you're also figuring out ways to pay tribute to them in the most beautiful ways that make the most sense. Like the fact that you ended that song and ended the album with your aunt's voicemail and then with your cousin's stand-up ending, like it just was so perfect. Like you did such a great job with that. Thank you. Yeah, that, that last part, I had this song and I played it for my dad and my brother. I played the first verse for them. They didn't hear the second verse of the album came out. Mm-hmm. None of my family heard this record until the album came out. And even when I first played in the first, I said, I can't play all the second verses too much right now. I didn't even have the last parts on there yet. So I didn't figure that out till I put up to SK Studios hella early because we're no traffic. And I'm like, I need to add some else to this record. And I went and found her voicemail and I went and searched YouTube for my cousin, Reggie Matthews. I went and found some of his stand-ups and I was like, all right, what can I put from this on this just to, you know, put the button on it. And it was perfect. People who heard the album before it came out was like, this is my favorite record. This needs to be like a single, like in the middle of the album. I'm like, yo, what can I play after this? I can't play none of this after this. This has to be the last record. Well, and you also said, too, like, that's what E-40 does on his albums a lot of the time. It's like he ends it with that record. Boom. 
end. Yeah, it's always like a sadder, not not even sadder, but it might be like a more conscious or more spiritual record or something at the end of each of his albums. That's kind of where I model my records off of. Just a callback to 40. You know what I'm saying? Like another callback. This whole album kind of encapsulates my genesis of making music and of who I became, who I came to be to this day. I want to bring all y'all with me, no matter how far I may go. You know what I'm saying? But however far I go, I'm bringing all y'all with me. I'm not want to just dish y'all like y'all never existed. I need to reach back and tap in with A to the K, with Chris. You know what I'm saying? With Droop. These are all people who've been there since before I was even Mo Green. I just want to bring y'all back into the into the fold to share this moment with y'all so we can keep the shit going. I love it so much. It's definitely heard and felt on this album. Goodness gracious. Anything else you want to tell the people about Mo Green Rap Superstar? If y'all made this far, go to thingsaboutgreen.com and support the record on Bandcamp. Full website coming really soon with merch. Might be a <coughs> deluxe edition coming out soon. Uh, keep an eye out for that. If y'all really want to support the artists, a lot of people stream. I love to stream support. Please do all that. But if you really want, really love the project, want to support the artists, go to thingsaboutgreen.com. Go to my Bandcamp. You can actually purchase the project directly from me. I can see you buy it. It's love. And I can talk to you. You want to send me a message when you buy it, asking about anything, any records, any questions, anything like that. Please send me a message through Bandcamp, things like that. That way we can keep in touch and I can know who really rock with me. Follow me on all social media, Mo Green 110, MOE Green 110, all the social media, things like that. It's, it's love. I just want people to hear this and accept it and and love it as much as I did and have as much fun with it as much I did making it. You know, that's that's really it, though. You know, just see y'all next time because I'm coming right back. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah. Once again, thingsaboutgreen.com. I say it all the time on my Twitch show. The way streaming is set up, people are getting paid fraction of cents and it doesn't make sense. So please support the artist. Buy on Bandcamp. Buy merch. Make sure that your money is going straight to the artist and you're supporting them so they can continue to give us music. So thingsaboutgreen.com. Mo Green, it's been another one. Thank you so, so much. Always such an honor, such a great time. No problem. Hey, anytime. We really partner, so it's like it's nothing to do with things like this. You know, it's it's all good. We should do these more often. (laughs) You know, I'm so down. Oh, and by the way, if you, once again, check out Things About Green, the podcast, the music breakdowns that he does. I, I cry laughing. It's so good. I, you know, each song has a story. I'm just, I'm just here to tell it whether it's right or not. You know <laughs> if it was right or, right or wrong, I'm here to tell the story. Oh, my God. Montel Jordan. I was like, wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you to Mo Green for joining me. And thank you for checking out this episode. If you enjoyed it, make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever you're listening on. And then you can reach out to me. I'm on Twitter at Special Says and on Instagram, it's at Special Says as well. As always, this episode is dedicated to Marlon. Do what you can to stop senseless acts of gun violence.